0: Hey everybody welcome to the podcast today we all have blind spots we all have things we're doing or not doing that are causing or contributing to our own problems in our coaching we often work with people who keep doing or not doing the things that are keeping them miserable and unhappy if they could just stop then they would drastically change their life of course this is easier said than done Otherwise, you would already have stopped or started the things that need to be done and wouldn't be suffering from the current challenges you face. In this episode, we dive into the specific strategies for doing what must be done. The things that, if done, will change everything. They'll improve your marriage, your parenting, help you make more money, or to achieve those big goals and dreams that have been locked away somewhere in your soul. It can be difficult to make the effort or to find the courage to do these things. We acknowledge that doing them is hard and that you might not feel ready to do them, but the only way you will get ready is by doing them. As the Stoics say, the obstacle is the way. Listen now to this episode to learn how to do what must be done before it's too late for you to make the changes you need to make to have the kind of life you want to have. This episode is sponsored by our Best Self Bundle. The Bundle gives you tools, resources, and strategies that you need to reach upward and to become your best self, to develop your personality into what you would like it to be instead of just accepting what you currently have. Visit ExtraordinaryFamilyLife.com and click at the link at the top for the best self bundle and start today learning simple strategies you can use to create powerful, positive transformations in your personality. Also, make sure to check out Greg's Be The Man podcast and his Be The Man Masterclass. If you are a man or you know one, you need these resources.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. Extraordinary? Extraordinary. Extraordinary. That is, a, <laughs> that's the next level. Of extraordinary, you just make it cooler yeah. by saying extraordinary. It's
0: better than saying extra-ordinary, because then that right, sounds. Right, because then
1: you're you're just ordinary with your your. You're extraordinary. You're extra ordinary.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh so, man! Extraordinary is better. <laughs> uh, I am your co-host, <laughs> Greg Denning, and my amazing. Wife,
0: this is new. I'm Rachel. <laughs> Rachel,
1: and today I'm feeling a little awkward. No, <laughs> intense. So be forewarned. If I rant, it's coming from a place of love. <laughs> um, I don't know
0: if it's unusual for you to. No, rant, I guess so. I think
1: I, I, I maybe there's a pattern here that others are noticing that. I'm in a mood every time we turn on a (laughs) microphone. Like, here we go. You're always in a mood. (laughs) Turns turns out you're always ready to yell at us. (laughs) And tell us things. Um, I had two two, uh, coaching sessions this morning. They both ended up uh, being about business. One was in uh, a foreign land. And another uh, across the states here. And then... We've had, uh, there's so many patterns, right? You have conversations, you you notice things with friends and clients, and and you see things online, and you start to notice these patterns. And I'm sure you listeners, you guys have had this experience as well, where you you notice something, and you're like, man, if you would just do this, or if you could just (laughs) see this, it would really help you with your problems. And so maybe you've had family members or friends come to you, and and, and maybe it's chronic. Maybe they come to you regularly and they're complaining about the same problem. You're sitting there looking at them and you're, you're trying to be nice and keep your poker face on. But you're thinking like, well, why don't you stop doing that? Or why don't you start doing that? Like, you keep coming to me with the same problem, right? <laughs> Are you not noticing your problem? And what's interesting is we all have these blind spots, right? We, mm-hmm. all, we all miss it in ourselves. It's so Isn't it so much easier to solve your neighbor's problems? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you can see all the faults your family members are doing. You're like, I see this so clearly. Like, what's wrong with you? And, and we all we you know we all have those blind spots that that maybe outside perspectives are so helpful to see. But today, I want to talk about one that, um, it's a principle that I think we all get it. This isn't nobody's going to be surprised by this, but we need to. Face it and talk through it, understand it, and get strategic about it. and I, and I guess we could maybe summarize the principle and, and the practice as in its simplest form, doing what must be done, mm-hmm. whether you feel like it or not, whether you like it or not, if if you've done your homework and your research, and you've seen this play out successfully for others and you know, it's a solid principle and a solid practice and you're confident that it would make a difference in your business or your life, then do it right now. That's easy to say Mm -hmm. hard to do. And that's why people struggle to do it. But ultimately you guys, if, if we're going to get the things we want most Mm -hmm. then again, I'm going to emphasize this a lot because this is the big hang-up because I I hear it so many times. They come back like, I uh, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like doing Mm -hmm. it. It's uncomfortable or scary. Whatever the reason, I don't want to do it. And so I'm going to emphasize a lot here and keep repeating it until it just strikes into your heart and soul. Do it whether you feel like it or not. If it's a good thing and it needs to be done, then, dadgummit, do it. Now, okay. So, I, again, I need this same reminder,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
1: I need this same uh, call to arms. And I actually do do this with myself. It it's, it plays out frequently when I'm exercising hard, right? So I've been training hard, and man, you you get pushing your limits physically and your muscles start screaming at you to stop because it hurts, there's this inner conflict. You you have to have this inner dialogue because you're lunging. I've been lunging a lot with my 40-pound vest on. And after a few times back and forth and down the road, man, your, your legs and your glutes are screaming at you, right, as, as they do. And so you're like, well, do I stop because my legs are really right. hurting and they're telling me this hurts. Please stop. They're not using please. They're, they're not speaking kindly.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> but I wanna, what do I do? Yeah, I want to point something out here because while you're kind of still giving an introduction to this, I think you're already touching on a principle that's important for doing this thing you're talking about, of just doing what needs to be done. And it's this driving vision it's this motivating vision that you have okay so let's use this example here of you doing lunges with a 40 pound vest you know anyone who's done that or anything close to that knows that that's going to be painful and uncomfortable and you don't want to do it and even you would likely not be doing it this Just intense this often this with the 40 pound vest vest if You weren't specifically training for an event that's coming up. Exactly. You have this driveway to hell that you're doing at Sarah Blakely's Blakely's house in, what, two weeks? Uh Uh-huh.
1: And then um, a few weeks after that, I'm doing a big adventure race in the Tetons, which is going to be harder and farther. And And then then
0: in September, you're aiming to climb Kilimanjaro. Right. So you have this motivating vision.
1: You're you're exactly right. I don't wake up and be like, I want to go out front. So and <laughs> do lunges with a
0: forty pound vest. Yes, like it just need Like you could say in your head, it needs to be done. I should just do that because I need to get into shape. I just I need to do it. Even for you, that's not enough motivation. Right. Knowing that it's good for you, knowing right. that it would make you stronger, knowing that you're going to be tougher, that's not enough enough. Of a motivation, but when you've paid money to go to an event where the driveway to hell that he's doing, they're climbing up and down Sarah Blakely's driveway. What's her husband's name? Jesse. Jesse, It's it's really his event, honestly. Um, Climbing up and down the driveway. Cheer! I
1: bet. All right. She's awesome.
0: For what? Just as long as you can.
1: I don't know. I don't don't know the details. (laughs) I know that he does events like this a lot he's uh he loves to get into kind of ultra um endurance events and, and
0: it's an endurance yeah event. and so
1: he does it up at his house in connecticut he has this hill that goes up and down the lake and this he invites these people out and they just go up and down and up and
0: down this and one's down. here in georgia yep, though this one's
1: here in georgia and you just go and go and go and you just grind and you hurt and everyone who comes pays good money <laughs> to come suffer exactly it, it seems crazy right but there's some coolness to that one. And then, of course, those other ones I'm doing, there's, you're, you're right. It's the vision. There's a coolness factor. You're like, I want to stand on top of Kilimanjaro.
0: So this is part of this a piece to this recipe that we're trying to talk about. We're going to go through specific examples and, and ideas on this. But essentially, it's identifying something that needs to happen or something you want to do or something you want to stop doing. Something you want to have, something you want to change, and then getting that vision of what that would look like. In in this case, maybe Kilimanjaro. Paying money, okay? That's a. I think that's a key ingredient. You gotta ingredient. get
1: some skin in the game. Paying
0: money yep. <laughs> for the thing, and then doing what has to be done in order to make it happen. Yep. You are out there every day, killing your legs, preparing for these events that are coming up. Because right. you've already paid for them.
1: Right. And so I, I there's a consequence. There's mm-hmm. a timeline. There's a deadline.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a vision of something enticing. Right. And so I think it's kind of a good recipe because I have something I want and then consequences right. attached to it.
2: Exactly. And
1: some skin in the game, so to speak. Like there's something on the line. But you're right. There has to be a why. I mean, that's people... People talk about that a lot now. Like you got to have your why, mm-hmm. uh, your purpose, and it's tied to a, a vision. And that, I, I believe that's critical as well. I think what you're saying is spot on. We have to have something meaningful, fulfilling, enticing,
0: mm-hmm. exciting. And it's going to be different for every person because our our teenage our teenagers are planning on going to Kilimanjaro with you. And they are out there, this another great example, they are out there working hard. Hmm. We have two kids right now in Utah working on a farm and a greenhouse to save money to, to go on this, on this trip to Kilimanjaro. Now, they were telling some friends here in Georgia that they were doing this and they were working and saving all, and the, these teens were like, why would you do that? It was not motivating to them because they didn't have the same experiences or background or perspective, so climbing Kilimanjaro was not a motivating thing for them right it's not gonna make them go out and do the work that needs to get done in order to earn the money
1: right and some of you might be thinking hey. Same like, thing what with a your waste stuff. of money yeah, they're like
0: I'm not gonna pay for a driveway to hell I'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> that is not motivating to me so you have to have your motivating thing whatever that is
1: and I think if there's one um Boundary or guideline for your thing. Make sure it's edifying. And and genuinely fulfilling. I guess because because I can see in my mind's eye and, and and times over the years talking to people, sometimes they try to be motivated by something that, ultimately wasn't. Like it wasn't making you a better person. It wasn't fulfilling or gratifying. It was it was just like entertaining or uh, pleasurable or whatever, but not. Not Which, really making, taking you to a better place. Yeah,
0: sometimes that's fine as a reward or something if you want to do something. But you're talking about just... Yeah.
1: The, the more intrinsic value there is to it. Mm-hmm. Intrinsic meaning it's on the inside it makes you feel good about who you are and what you're doing. Like It gives you the sense of, of worth and depth and significance. Significance. Like Yeah, it's like, hey, it makes you feel good about yourself. Because you could do things all day long, and people do, that makes them... They don't even like themselves because what they're doing is not likable.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: let's let's dive into some specific examples now so you guys get how this fits. Because otherwise, it, there are entire areas of our life that become major blind spots. I, I think I want to start with marriage because it's easy to...
0: But we're also going to talk about food
1: and parenting, parenting and business and business. health and fitness yep. all around. This... This principle applies across all the important areas of your life. And but we see I it as would a, say, go ahead.
0: We see it as a common hang up though. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Okay.
1: It's a common <laughs> obstacle. So that's what I was going to say. i say this is probably one of the most common obstacles of either people can't see it. And then when you point it out, they're like, ooh.
0: I don't yeah, want to do that. I
1: don't want to see it. It's <laughs> right?
0: uncomfortable. It's going to cause conflict. It's going to... Whatever
1: the reasons are. We'll dive yeah, into those. Exactly. Um, but it reminds me of a quote that we read recently. There are none so blind as those who will not see.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are many reasons that which Rachel just alluded to and we'll dive into why people won't see it or don't right. want to see it. But uh, we want to give you concrete examples so that you can sit back and be like, "Ooh, okay. Yep. That applies to me. Mm-hmm. And... I want to start with marriage because marriage is so constantly important.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: this binding union that means so much well, in, in life. It
0: yeah it means so much in that it can either be a huge source of joy and happiness or it becomes your greatest source of misery and... Suffering. Suffering. Like it yeah. seriously is that. It's such an, a big part of many people's lives that it's the source of their happiness or it's the source of their misery. Yeah.
1: It's it's a huge role and it well, and it's the source if you'll let it be, it can be your greatest source of growth and refinement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or
1: if you <laughs> miss this very principle we're speaking of. You could use it as a crutch or an avoidance I mean if you could you just back away from it and you could just suffer along um or or you miss out massively on what your marriage could be a lot of times you don't have the marriage you could have this extraordinary level because you you're not applying this very principle of doing what must be done and and it's we're not in here like oh yeah we no we get it right when you're married you gotta have you know tolerance and patience and all those things and we're like yeah yeah of course right that that's part of it i think the big piece here is and i'm talking about you have to be willing to become a new person Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to transform yourself Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and yes your spouse needs to as well
0: right
1: but that's not that's not your responsibility Your responsibility is to transform yourself.
0: In fact, I would say, especially as I've listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff, he says this a lot. That is one of the major purposes of marriage. You're literally committing yourself to another person for a lifetime in order to take on this path of growth. They are your partner in helping you Become better. Become a different person. Yes. To transform into someone new. And it's not pleasant or, or comfortable. Right. Because they're there to say, Oh, that's off. That's off. Here's yep. where you're weak. Here's where this. That's their job. And a lot of people end up allowing that to drive them apart and to put a wedge between them instead of realizing that's the point. Like, you're tethered to someone for life so that they can help you change.
2: Yeah.
0: Because without it, you won't do it. You will never do it. You'll never do the work on your own. It will never be motivating enough, painful enough, important enough for you to make the changes you need to make in order to become your best self. If you don't have someone you are lifelong committed to, to help you do it.
1: Because as soon as it gets uncomfortable or inconvenient... Exactly. I'm either gonna move to another relationship, like oh this this mm-hmm. one is demanding a bit. Go much. back to the like, easy
0: stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to being <laughs> the beginning phases.
1: Like, um, what what do you call it when you're single? Uh, bachelor. <laughs> I'm like I don't even know. I, block, I, I can't even remember what that's called. <laughs> it's I I blocked that out of my memory. Yeah. Those were such horrible years. The first twenty three years of my life, I was all alone, <laughs> no wife. <laughs> So like some some guys are like this and I actually see men promoting this of like oh yeah no no like you're not here to like please women and who cares what women think and like just do your thing man and that is a subtle without knowing what they're doing that's a subtle form of hey don't don't level up don't refine right. and grow and, and really earn respect and be, and, and allow transformation cuz transformation is causing a lot of pain Right. And suffering, so just avoid it. Exactly. And there's there's a subtle arts, and, and you hear things, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, and it's like these half truths we've been talking about lately. But if if you have a good spouse, that spouse is going to expect more of you, mm-hmm. and going to demand it. Now, hopefully, they're tactful and diplomatic, but sometimes they won't be. Sometimes they'll just say it to your face, like, "Hey, you suck at that," and I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. Um, if you have a spouse who is too tolerant or if you are the spouse that is too tolerant because you want to be nice and you want to be compassionate you want to be patient and and you tolerate chronic problems for a long time, the resentment builds up
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the exacerbation like, comes out and finally it it leads to something quite ugly or, or just dissolves or whatever or, or we just endure in silence, right? We go through this life... Of quiet desperation.
0: Right. And, well, and we see this a lot because coming back to this idea of doing what has to be done, a lot of couples don't want to do what has to be done. It's not that they have no clue about what's off and what they could fix and what they can work on, but they generally avoid it because they don't want the conflict that comes with it. They don't want the, to deal with the discomfort or the hard conversations or the tr- the crying, the tears. They don't want to face all of that. And so they spend sometimes years or decades avoiding those subjects in order to not have to deal with those uncomfortable feelings. Yep. But the reality is that is what leads to divorce because it builds up and it builds up and it builds up until it finally explodes in something huge, bigger than you ever thought possible that's the big dragon that's the baby dragon that grows into the big dragon whereas if you face the discomfort and the conflict and the tears and the crying early on yeah it feels big it feels unmanageable but it's actually way more manageable than the monster down the road so that's one of the things doing what has to be done is like facing those those little monsters facing those little demons yeah Discussing them, talking yes. about them, working through it. The other, Just the other day, you and I were talking about this. Like, you know, what is it that's been the, one of the keys or the keys to our marriage? And one of the things we said, at least from my perspective, is that I don't let things go unresolved. I will chase you down and we will have that conversation, tears and all, until it's been resolved, until I feel like we both are... Feeling good again. We're on the same page. We have the same understanding. We don't let things go more than a day or two without resolving.
1: Right. right. Well, yeah. It's not always you chasing me down. Sometimes you retreat, and yeah. I have to go okay, find right. you. Okay. Right.
0: One of us <laughs> is chasing the other one down. But
1: and <laughs> and what's what's been a gigantic blessing. And this is what we we're talking about is like that's been extremely rare. We've we've really been. Super, we, man, we, we rarely really disagree or disagree even to a, like, we don't fight anymore. Right. But I think it's because of this thing of, like, yeah. if there's something, let's talk about it. And we've both been open enough to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And even when it's feeling uncomfortable, sit with it and, like, okay, can mm-hmm. you explain it a different way? This is how I see it. Let's just keep working through this so it never becomes an issue. There doesn't have to be anything buried or hidden Like, we don't have these resentment Mm landmines sitting around. And and I wanted to kind of, while you're explaining the, avoiding the the small battles to lose, ultimately lose the war, it's like, you know, it's a little hand-to-hand combat versus something going nuclear. Mm -hmm. Like, get in there and, and, you know, wrestle a little bit and grapple. Mm -hmm. Don't, I guess not physically, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not condoning abuse. (laughs) But, like... Get into a little bit around the issues, so it doesn't eventually one day just go nuclear and it's yeah. like it's all over, it's, it's done. But what what happens here, and this is maybe we don't we don't see it. So that's one issue. Is like we don't, and that happened. That happened. I had some um, coaching sessions this week mm-hmm. where that literally happened. I'm like, hey, this needs to be addressed. And He's like, dude, I don't want to bring that up
0: because
1: mm-hmm. that just it always turns into conflict.
0: It yeah. I like, yeah, seen but that too. It,
1: what's and, and this is for all of you listening. What is the end result if you don't bring it up? Right. If you don't address the issue, the problem that kind of that's chronic or, or perpetual. If, if it's been going on, it's still going on and you know, it's holding you back. It's having an effect on your family dynamics, your family culture. What's the end result if you don't address it? And it, you guys know, play this out in your mind, go down the road, five, 10 years. Like it gets ugly.
2: Mm-hmm. It gets
1: really bad. And in order to stop it from getting really ugly, you have to face some of the ugly of the conflict. Like, and, right. and you Sooner might be than like, later. "We've talked about it before, and every time we talk, it turns into a fight." Okay, do something differently. Like, it's got to be resolved,
2: mm-hmm. and you
1: both have to get this understanding of what the real issue is and what effect it's having on the family. And like, you, you got to get this dialed in and figure it out. Which, oh, you have something to say about that?
0: Well, I was just going to say sometimes. The reason it's not being resolved, because I, I've seen this too, and in some of my coaching, that they're they keep talking about we call it the symptom or the branches they're they're hacking at the branches while the root of the problem is something else, and if you focus on the root of the problem, this is why awareness is so powerful and you know just truly understanding more about yourself and psychology. When you get to the root of the problem, then you can solve the problem there and you no longer have to hack at the branches. So you may have been fighting over something for years, but it's really the branches and the real problem is something else. And if you get to that and resolve it, the branches aren't a problem anymore. They're gone.
1: And that's exactly where I wanted to go next. That's the perfect lead in. And, And this is my perspective on this principle here, especially in marriage. The root of the problem is you need to change you got to yes. create this mm-hmm. this transformation. You have to become a different person. Now, understandably, I I for so long I was in this place of like what do you mean I have to change? This is who I am. Like mm-hmm. this this is how I am. This is who I am. Like what do you mean change? Like I just I like things this way or I do things this way. Like you you're you're talking like I just can be a transformer. <laughs> and and later on, years later with, you know, with tons of research and working with tons of I, people and and going through my own experience. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Transform yourself. Become a different person. Mm -hmm. If, if the quality, okay, back up to saving your marriage because some of you, your marriage is on the line. It it really is. Or it will be soon. In fact, I I would be bold enough to say every marriage is on the line if you're not willing to transform. Mm -hmm. Or at least, so that's, that's the baseline. And then the quality of your marriage is always on the line. Mm -hmm. And, if the quality of your marriage is limited until you transform, man, do what needs to be done, whether you like it or not. And if that, if that requires that I make a transformation um, and I become a, a new man and a better man, then, ooh, this, okay, this is where my intensity comes up. That's when I grab the front of your shirt and I'm just like, do it. Just change. And this is how I talk to myself, you guys. <laughs> like, just, come on, <laughs> like I'm talking to myself right now. Come on, what I self. Change. It's not worth it. If if I'm the limiting factor in our in the quality of our marriage or saving our marriage, if Rachel, it, let's say we've had something, hypothetically, we've had something that she's just been bothered about for years and years and years. And I'm just like, well, it's just the way I am. Stop bringing it up. Why I always bring that up? Blah, blah, blah. You're, always, you're so critical. You're blah, blah. And you know what? I'm like, what? Wait, why don't I just change? Why don't I become a better man? Why don't I do what needs to be done? And now this is hard work. This is what I'm talking about. Do what must be done. Well, if your spouse doesn't like that you do that stupid thing, then stop doing the stupid thing. Like, what? Well, this is what... No.
2: Mm-hmm. Stop What's with the important. stories
1: you're telling. Yeah, exactly. Stop with the stories you're telling yourself. Stop with your excuses, unless it's some really amazing value or standard or principle that is actually better, and and your spouse wants you to like ditch it. It's usually not that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, hey, I am so sick of you drinking. I'm so sick of you Picking being your disconnected. Nuts. <laughs> Picking you. Okay, I, I mean, if your marriage is. Over your nose picking. Just stop picking your daggum nose. But it's like, it's usually like, well, you're never present. Or this comes up a lot. You work too much. You're, mm-hmm. you're putting your work in front of family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Stop it. You're like, well, I'm working for you, blah, blah, blah. And you tell your stories, I'm like, dude, do what must be done. Well, I have work to do. Figure out how to stink and do it while you're at work. So you, okay, this, I warned you guys. Like,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll stop smiling. Go ahead.
1: Figure out how to do it. In the allotted time. Be present. Like maybe you're watching sports all the time or watching too much TV or you have a terrible relationship with money or you have a terrible relationship with food.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If your husband's constantly like, why are you spending so much money? Stop spending so much money. Or either of you are disappointed about how your your relationship with food and how much you're eating and that you're eating crap. Oh, man. (laughs) I just, I get so intense about this because well, you guys know my story. Like it was just my childhood. It was marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce, marriage, divorce. Um, and I, I saw that. Then I ended up out on my own because of it. And I've been around people who just destroyed their marriages. And I thought, why, why, why not do what needs to be done? If you have an unhealthy relationship with money, fix it by fixing yourself. Change, do what must be done. Learn how to get yourself under control. If you have an unhealthy relationship with food, change, dead gummit. Like, ah, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is this is what I'm talking about. This is what needs to be done. And if there's built up resentment over years or decades because you have this little quirk or this little idiosyncrasy you have, and you're just like, well, that's how I am because my past or I had this experience or whatever. And I'm not being unsympathetic here because I get it. But at some point, somebody needs to get in your face and say, do what must be done. You are the limiting factor in the quality of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yes. And I've done this with myself. So I, I can speak because I've done it. Well, I had to you... fix a lot of crap even before I met Rachel. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I'm like, you know what? I am never taking this into a marriage. Because I, I've i seen, I've experienced firsthand what it does to a kid. And I'm like, I'm not, not doing this to my kids. Right. I'm not doing this in my marriage. And I'm like, well, this, that's the way I am. And I went through some hard things. And I, I have this baggage. I'm like, screw the baggage. Burn the baggage. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. <sighs> Okay. I have a lot of things
0: to say <laughs> with everything you've been saying. I've been waiting Rachel's for my... raising her hand <laughs> for
1: her moment I so I can step down my from my little box here.
0: I just have so many things to say. Okay, I think can think of four. First, I, this cute little story I thought of when you were saying, just get control of yourself because we have a 8-year-old and a 5-year-old, and our 8-year-old is more dramatic than our 5-year-old. And she was all upset one day, and the 5-year-old just got so... She was like, ah... Oh! Just get control of yourself, to her older <laughs> sister. <laughs> and we just thought it was so funny, and that's one of the things I thought of. So cute. But, so, with what you're saying, first of all, I remember very, very specifically when we first met, that was one of the things that I admired most about you. I had dated enough guys that I'd seen baggage, you know, like issues, Which everyone, we all have them. We've all had, we all have a story. We all have a history. But they were using them as excuses. And I just kept seeing that again and again and again. They just kept using whatever had happened in their past as an excuse. But when I met you, you had all these excuses. You had the same excuses for, you know, living a crappy life. And yet, you weren't allowing them to be an excuse. You were just going to do it. You were just going to do whatever needed to be done in order to create the life you wanted to create. So... I think you have a lot of credibility to be able to say these things because you have lived it. You have experienced it. You have done it. Which brings me to this other point that a lot of a lot of the reasons I think people don't do it is because they're not sure it's possible. Or they don't even have this vision of what it could be like. Yeah. So they're like, why go through the effort? Why change myself? Why face the conflict, I really don't know what it's going to look like on the other side. They don't have any example of what a great marriage is like, or how wonderful it could be if they go through all this discomfort of making the changes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a part of it too, is that they they're not sure. They're uncertain. And I guess that's part of why we are here. That's part of what mission is is to say hey this is what it could look like yep. this is what's available but it's hard it's not easy you've got to put in the work you have to do what's necessary
1: and yet shout from the rooftops you guys it's worth every effort
0: absolutely
1: and and even if worst case scenario you do make the changes and it doesn't save your marriage or whatever it still made you a better person. Uh, oh, You yes. went through the refinement process. You're better off because of it. Exactly. You refine and burn off the dross and get rid of it. it yeah, for whatever amount of work or struggle or difficulty or seeming impossibility, you guys, I, I guess you're right, Rachel. Not everyone can see it.
2: Mm-hmm. And they
1: don't have this vantage point that I've had of working with people for decades across five continents. Right. I have seen people completely transform their life. They are different from like hard alcoholics to unbelievably sober, never mm-hmm. touching it again, to just raging anger and tempers like I used to have. Mm-hmm. I had an unbelievable temper and I had to stop that I knew that would not serve me at all in our marriage or parenting. And so I, I literally put that thing away for good before I ever met Rachel. hmm and man, that was a lot of work. But I, I knew that was the thing I had to put away and I couldn't use it as my excuse. So like, right. I've always had a temper. It's just, I'm a redhead. What do you expect? Or <laughs> That's what I was told, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a rough life. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a pathetic excuse. Stop it. And so you take whatever that it is that's causing conflict and causing problems and, and limiting respect
0: mm-hmm.
1: and limiting love and limiting attraction attraction yeah (laughs)
0: yes because here's another simple example i thought of when you were talking i mean because you value our relationship so much and same for me like we're willing to do whatever it takes to make it better even small things and one of them i think of is shoes you're when we first met you were wearing (laughs) flip-flops on our very first date
1: that, and that just about lost me the marriage.
0: Just about lost you the date, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Especially because you have this big, giant toe, and it's missing a toenail, and you love to go barefoot, and you went barefoot for years, or minimalist sandals, right? Which was great, but I prefer you in shoes.
1: To hide my hobbit feet. <laughs> no, no.
0: Not to yeah, hide to
1: hide my <laughs> okay. my embarrassing feet. She's like, I don't want anyone. <laughs> I do not want those feet to be seen. In well, public.
0: okay, let's. It's not that shallow. I I prefer to dress up nicer and and.
1: Rachel's classy, you guys.
0: I yeah, I'm and classy.
1: I was, this barefooted shorts and a t-shirt guy, like whatever. <laughs>
0: Which is great. When we go to the beach and we live <laughs> in the awesome. beach town, it's awesome. And it wasn't just me, but living in Europe also, we, we changed and we got a classier style. But I guess what my point is, I'm bringing up that... You wear shoes now more often, and you still you. tell me it's for me. Yep. Not that I'm making you wear shoes, but you're like, you like me to and, wear shoes, and you and like I these wear shoes. And I
1: wear jeans for you. Exactly. I hate, I hate jeans. <laughs> Rachel's like, I like you in jeans. I'm like, done. I'll wear jeans.
0: Now, and that's not like you wear jeans all the time. You're wearing shorts right now, but you wear especially if okay. going Do you know what you know my psychology
1: is? Or? I walk in the closet, and I'm like, Oh, I'm wearing my shorts. And then I think, no, Rachel likes jeans. And so I put on my jeans. <laughs> It's, it's not that it's that big of a deal. And, and some things, I don't know, I guess each person has to evaluate. Like, is it worth having a battle over this? Is it worth my preference for shorts over pants? I'm like, if you like me wearing pants, I'm going to do that well, because I want you to do that. Now, I'm not going to go against my values or things that like, Hey, that really matters to me. And I'm, I'm going to hold mm-hmm. on to that. But I'm like, I don't care. Like, okay. So I don't like pants. What do you do? You like them. I'm going to wear them.
0: Well, and like you're, you said something like, we're not going to make a battle about it. And it's not that I was,
1: no, I never was
0: making it a battle. Right. Like I want you to wear pants. What's yeah. the problem? It was just this, it's an example to me of the approach you take to our relationship. If I ever say something, you pay attention. You notice that I said, "Ooh, I really like when you're wearing jeans and these, you know, shoes." You like, you like that I like it, and you decide to do more of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Not that I was asking to you do you right. or complaining that you weren't. Yeah.
1: Or you never even made a big deal. You were being
0: proactive yep,
1: about it, exactly. And
0: that's a great example of how you do our relationship. You're proactive. You pay attention. You. Go the extra mile. You do the extra things because you're like, I care about you. I care about our relationship. And so you're always trying to make it better.
1: And and in that journey, I have changed a lot of patterns and habits that I picked up from my childhood or living out on my own or in college or whatever. Subtle things you'd say could could we do it like this, or oh, I don't like it, or or even I just paid attention. I would do it one way. You'd come in and fix it, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, funny. but but I remember going through the psychology of it and thinking, well, whatever, that's the way I do it. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't to do it like that. But then I thought, well, how stupid. Because if if she likes it that way, great. And I'm not. You hopefully you guys know if you're new listeners. Like I'm not some pushover, cowardly, <laughs> no, weak husband where not. Rachel just like. You know, my rules the, the house here. And I'm just like, okay, dear, whatever you say, dear, I'm, I'm not like that. but
0: <laughs> No, you're not like that at all. In fact, you're very firm about the things that you... And there's plenty of times where you're like, I don't care, I'm doing it this way. Because you're like, that matters to you. Yeah. And you have a specific reason for doing it the certain way. And then I'm like, okay, great. because And at that point, it doesn't become a battle because I know it's not that you're stubborn or you don't care about my opinion... You do because you've proven it before. I know this really matters to you, so you're going to do it that way, and I'm not going to push you on that. Right. It's, it's I know it's important to you.
1: Principle-based. Yeah. So the, the invitation inside of marriage here is for each of you, look very carefully at either pain points in your marriage or limiting factors in your marriage. And if it has something to do with your way of being, if you have had an addiction... Or a bad habit, or whatever quirk, or what a personality, what well, anything that's Habits. irritating or unpleasant <laughs> or frustrating or, or unlikable, stop. And and I know I can seriously hear some of you in my head. That's easy for you to say. I'm like I'm telling you, I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I help people do this every week. This is what I get to do. So when I say stop, I mean stop. I, I say that because it's doable mm-hmm. and it will totally transform your life for the better. You'll thank me. I promise. You get through the hard work of doing this. And yes, it is possible. Don't don't sit there and play the victim. Oh, I can't do it. Or, I've always been like that. Oh, you don't understand. It's hard. Of course I understand. I'm just speaking straight here that this will save your marriage and the quality of your marriage. If you will do what must be done to become a better partner, a better spouse, a better lover, do the work.
0: And back to this idea that people don't do it because they don't know what it's like on the other side. If they could just get this vision of... Because some people think, well, we're not happy because... We're not a good match or because we fell out of love or because whatever. They just come up with all these reasons and excuses. But the the reality is you're not going to necessarily be happier with someone else. If you got divorced and found someone new, yeah, it'd be great. But eventually you would reach this same point in the journey because it's just a part of the journey. So the answer isn't to give up and go looking for a new relationship, like some people do, the answer is, this is what it's like. And it will get better if you do the work. If you put in the effort, it actually gets way better on the other side. But you have to know that, you have to have a vision of that, and realize, oh, okay, it's not that there's something wrong with us, or something wrong with our relationship, or that we're not meant to be, or this or that or the other. It's just, no, this is what it's like. And so put in the work and the effort and change yourself. And on the other side of that, it's beautiful and it's wonderful it's and it's happy and it's fulfilling. And it's everything you wanted it to be, but only if you do the work. Because yep. if you try to run away from it or leave it or blame it on circumstance, you, you'll only end up unhappy. And yeah. that's really the statistics. I mean, the statistics are very clear on that. Yep. People who end up getting divorced
1: five years later are not happier. Now, obviously, Rachel and I are both clearly aware there are some exceptions. There are some yes, marriages absolutely. that will not last. In fact, there are some that should not last. We, some we, that should we, have, we have not that. started. Yep, yep. <laughs> Some are
0: just mistakes. You made a mistake at the beginning, yep. and sometimes, yeah, you just need to get out of that mistake.
1: But it's it's rare. It's extremely rare. The ones that cannot be totally rebuilt and remade. So I, we're going to do this little exercise here, and I'm going to share some things that are just solid practices for a great marriage. I want you to pay close attention to what pops up in your head for why you don't do these things. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the indicator. This is what reveals the blind spots on what we're talking about here. So I'll, I'll say, hey, are you doing this? And you might, there's kind of two things where I, I see this often. Like, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. That's good. I'm like, yeah, but are they, are they awesome? Are you doing, is it really great? Like, oh yeah, you know, things are good. And, and I can tell because of other conversations, I'm like, dude, it's not working. You're not doing it very well if you're doing it at all. But what often comes, comes up more than often or more often than not is I say, well, are you doing this? Well, no, because, and right there is where you find the answer to the problems. Mm-hmm. So let's do this exercise. Or
0: it's closer to the root of the problem.
1: Yes, closer to the root problem. Exactly right. So are you going on a date every week? Now, your aunt, what, what comes up? Well, we would,
0: think? but we don't have a babysitter.
1: We don't have a babysitter. Or we're on a tight budget. Or we're so busy. So busy. And so this is when all the excuses come up. And all your reasons. These are
0: not Um, unique excuses. Like, everyone has these excuses. (laughs) And
1: I I hear it all the time. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, some people do what must be done, and they go on a date, and they make it a priority. They get creative. They do the extra work. They do whatever they have to do to to make it happen. And the other side are like, no, we we couldn't. We just can't. We just can't. And so that's, that's literally what we're talking about today. This is what this episode is about. Do what must be done. Stop allowing the excuses to govern your life.
0: Someone left a comment on one of my reels on Instagram saying, because it was, it was a basic reel about mental health and like here's the basics of having good mental health. And they're like, these things are so basic. And yeah. yet often people just don't do the basics even though the basics work. And I think this is very true here and in everything else. The things that work are often the basics, but we often have excuses for why we can't do the basics. Exactly.
1: And, and it ultimately, fundamentally comes back to making a change, a transformation, becoming the kind of person who does those things. Because right now, you're the kind of person who does what you do. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let that sink in. Right now, you are the kind of person who does what you do.
0: And you have the results. Of being that kind of, of person.
1: Yeah, of being you. Exactly. Right, <laughs> right now you are ha- reaping the results of being you.
0: So it's like there's a book by Joe Dispenza called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Essentially, that's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to break the habit of being you because you is not working.
1: So if right now your marriage is okay, that's worse because than okay. yeah, worse than you okay. That's because you're you. And <laughs> and it, like we laugh about it, but that's, that's the truth of it. Right. And so if you want it better, you have to become a different person. And that's the work of carving away with chisel and hammer, carving away the part of you that's not serving you. So are you going on dates? Are the dates good? Are you having meaningful conversation outside of the transactional stuff of just talking about what needs to be done? Are you going to nice restaurants and nice places? Again, I can, he- I can hear in your head. <laughs> ah, I, get, I get to work with so many people, I can literally hear your voices like, we can't afford that. That's a luxury. Da, 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 da. whatever. I mean, all the stuff. And I'm going to ask, are you doing what's going to be wife,
0: Would you take your um, potential wife to a nice restaurant if you were trying to impress her? And the answer is yes. You did that when you were dating.
1: Oh, dude, you were creative. And yeah. You even showered. And you
0: worked extra time up. to save up, to you take her to that restaurant. worked
1: out, to look good. Yeah. Right. And you brought Those flowers. Those are the basics. And, man, you went and got a new outfit. Like, And now that you're married, you're like, oh, we're already married. We
0: don't need to do the basics. Yeah. I don't need to That's take her to a nice restaurant.
1: That's lame. And Not only
0: lame, but it doesn't work right now you're wondering why you're not happy this is one of the you're reasons wondering, why
1: you're wishing you could have the spark you used to well hello do what must
0: you're be not done. sparking yeah you're not sparking i like that babe
1: <laughs> be sparky so again whatever pops up whatever your excuses don't say i can't or i don't know how start asking yourself how could i but do what must be done. What what could you do to make that happen? And, and this is this is a simple example. But if you're like, oh, we, we don't have the money right now for that. Okay. How could you earn the extra money? Can you get up a little earlier? Can you do work that's more valuable? Can, can you, you sell something your in your house? <laughs> yeah. Can you sell some of that junk you don't need? I, can you stop paying for Netflix, man, and start mm-hmm. spending that on dates? Good night. Just whatever you got to do just start looking like you can make it happen so are you guys going on an overnighter regularly we go on lots of them now it's this awesome. weekend yeah we're going this weekend again this is a two night this is a what do you call it a weekender <laughs> a weekender <laughs> a double nighter we're like we're doing this and we do it often
0: mm-hmm.
1: are you guys doing that and then when I, I ask I that hate, question, I know all the excuses are coming up. I am leaving
0: my kids. I just can't leave my kids behind. This is what the moms tell me. And yeah. do you know what I think? As great as that is...
1: You're leaving your husband. You
0: are ruining your relationship with your husband. You're putting your kids above your relationship with your spouse. And that is going to end in disaster. Or at least in misery. If it doesn't end in divorce, it's going to exist in suffering and misery and distance.
1: And and maybe you're like, well, no, it doesn't. Our marriage is good. We, we get along. Everything's okay. And maybe you are. We meet a lot of couples who they tolerate a lot.
0: Well, I don't know how to say this in a nice way.
1: Ooh, so I'm going to say it the best is way going I can. To be...
0: We know a lot of couples who think they have a good marriage. Some of them think they have a great marriage. But we look at them and we're like, you don't even know how much better it could be. You really don't know. And some of the reasons are you're not willing to do something like this. You won't go away with just the two of you. You won't X, Y, Z. Like, you you don't do these things, you don't know how much better it could be. And so you think it's good, but there's more... Potential you're leaving on the table.
1: And you're both good people, so you tolerate a lot, and you're you're very patient, and you try to make the most of it, but your marriage shouldn't be going along trying to make the most of right. it.
0: Right, trying to avoid conflict, or fights, or tolerating the annoying things your yeah. spouse does.
1: You're settling for so much less yeah. than what's capable, and you're just trying to make the most of mediocrity. Right. Ooh, man! <laughs>
0: And that sounds really harsh.
1: But it's true.
0: It is true.
1: And so, so. <laughs> if, gentlemen, if you're, you know, you may be like, oh, yeah, we'll go on this trip. I just got to work. No. Do go on the dang what trip must be done at work. And you moms are really like, oh, we can only go for one day, and I got to call the kids every hour to make sure everything's okay. Like, no, stop.
0: Be Be a with wife. your man.
1: Yeah, be a lover. That's be right. all in. Like, you would, you, oh, man. We could just go on and on. <laughs> but I hope I hope you're all getting this.
0: Having ideas. Yeah. I
1: hope it's sparking. and Excuses
0: I hope, sparking in your head.
1: Yeah, exactly. The things that are popping up, just look at them objectively. Kind of step outside yourself and watch the excuse pop up like in those little bubble boxes. <laughs> you see, just imagine a little bubble box like, oh, I can't do this. Well, we've always done it this way. Well, my parents this and... You know, I was raised, blah, 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 blah. And all these little bubbles pop up. And just look at it objectively and be like, really? That's That's, what's
0: keeping me back?
1: That's what you're going to hold on to? You're going to keep that? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're going to keep playing that card? It's hard for me. Oh, man, that makes (laughs) me very lovingly want to slap you. (laughs) (laughs) With all the love in the world. With all the love in the world. ka (laughs) But in all honesty, we have to, and you guys, Rachel and I are speaking from having done this. We're not asking, we would never ask you to do something that we have not done and are not doing.
0: And would never, I would say we would never ask you to do something that we didn't believe was possible for you.
2: Very possible. Now, again,
0: granted, for some people, is it possible for everyone? Not necessarily. There's certain circumstances. Uh oh, I saw I, it. I, I know. saw it. Yes, you
1: did. I know exactly I wanted- what happened. As soon as you said it's not possible everyone, a bunch of them are like, oh, shoo, that's me. I'm that one.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm talking about exception. extreme cases here, right? <laughs> I, what I'm saying is there are extreme cases. There are people with yep. mental, like severe mental illnesses or in capabilities or like there there's extreme cases out there where what we're talking about is not necessarily for them agreed but people probably people listening to this podcast we're talking to you yep. you have the ability to make these changes yes you let's, have the opportunity
1: let's shift gears to parenting now okay same thing do what must be done. You all have heard me say before. When Rachel and I had little kids, um, I just said, "You know, what, babe, if if one of our kids ever needs it, if one of our kids ever gets in trouble, because I'd been working with youth for a long time, I, I was working with youth you before before we we even got married. I was working with youth, mm-hmm. and I had I had been a youth out <laughs> on my own. Like I I got this. Like I know what it's like, and I saw it.
0: You were adulting up close. at a young age.
1: Exactly, I was." Yeah. At at 16, I'm like, okay, I got to take care of myself. I got to live. And so it was an interesting perspective to go to high school and see all these kids being kids. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I got to own everything. I don't have the luxury
0: luxury of being a kid. I
1: own all my responsibility. And and to watch them make decisions and do things from that perspective of like, I'm I'm here with you. I'm your peer. I'm the same age as you, but I'm 100% responsible for everything in my life right now. And I'm seeing you make stupid, stupid decisions mm-hmm. and the psychology behind it all. And so I always said, look, if, if if one of our kids ever gets into a spot or even gets close to a spot of trouble, I will take that kid and we will go live on Mount Kilimanjaro. That, that was my statement. That was my <laughs> far distant place. I'll do whatever needs to be done.
0: Knowing, I mean, we know you can't actually live on Kilimanjaro. Like, you know. I would. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Camping. You could camp up there.
1: And and but honestly you guys, this- I mean this. I when I say that it's not I'm not just tongue in cheek. I'm not being flippant. Like I am dead serious. I would go to the ends of the earth to help one of my children be who they need to be.
0: And I we use Kilimanjaro as an example because it represents an approach to parenting that is effective, which is Intervention is one way of wording it. or um, Investment. Investment, absolutely, investment. And also pattern interrupt. Yeah. So when you take a kid out of the normal environment that they're comfortable with or used to, it helps to spark their brain and think helps them to think differently. So if they're in this rut of doing certain things, and especially if they're doing things that are damaging or dangerous or unhealthy if you take them out of that it's helping to reset how they think how they operate how they view things it's giving them a new perspective just like taking them up on a mountain gives you a new perspective of what you can see it's the same type of idea so it's a very symbolic and representative of this process we're talking about that we've always been willing to do whatever it takes to intervene if something's happening with our kids
1: and Well, and to be more proactive than that, to never allow it to get that far.
0: Well, okay, I was actually just going to add to that. Because we, we do intervention, but we've never had to do intervention with something super serious like drugs or porn or things like that. Because we've always done intervention early on. We're able to pick up teeny little signs or red flags or, or think of like, oh, that's potentially dangerous. That's potentially going to go down this road. Let's intervene now. We're gonna have this conversation. We're gonna take away this thing. We're gonna move this, have this panor- pattern interrupt. Whatever it requires, we're doing that thing because we're doing what needs to be done. And we're not waiting for the baby problems, the baby dragons to grow into big dragons. We're killing that dragon while it's a baby, even though it's cute and you like dragons, but.
1: <laughs> so what are you, what are you doing? Are you doing it? Are you, I, I guess I want to point out and emphasize here, the default setting for people, including your children, will be a rut. That's the default. Like a rut. You're just going to be in a rut. And, and if you don't, if you have to constantly though. be fighting it off. The rut is the default. The rut is what happens automatically. You don't have to do put forth any effort to get into a rut. So just assume that if you aren't fighting deliberately and proactively, you're in a rut and mm-hmm. your kids are in a rut. So our job is to consistently get them out of ruts, ourselves and our kids.
0: And, and that's also how you grow. Same with your marriage, right? Your marriage is in a rut. In order to get out of the rut, you have to change. You have to transform. Yep. This is the same with parenting, with helping your children develop and be able to launch. You have to get them out of the rut, which is the same as helping them grow and transform.
1: Yep. Ooh. I like this. This is like rut resistance. I don't know. (laughs) Resist the rut. (laughs) We got to come up with a strategy for this. That's what you're doing. You're fighting the rut. So are you doing that on a regular basis? Are you investing massively in your kids? And that is time and money and meaning. Are you helping your kids live a great story? Are you living a great story for your kids? Are you modeling the way? Are you not
0: for them, but to model setting for them. Setting the
1: example yeah. for them, right? But not living the story for them. Yeah. They need to live their own story. Are you pushing their limits? Are you, are you keeping them uncomfortable enough? Some mm-hmm. of you have made your kids' lives so comfortable, you're actually getting the opposite effect of what you wanted.
2: Mm-hmm. They're,
1: you're, you're crippling them, and it's making it, it's making it worse. It's making parenting harder because their lives are so easy and too good. And then some of you have made it a little too hard in the wrong ways or difficult. Like, I I guess I'm asking, and then now pay attention. What's coming up?
0: So I was going to say that. I think one of the, the most important keys to parenting is paying attention. You have to be able to notice what's going on. Like, where are all of my kids, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and what's happening with them, and predicting, I think a lot of parenting is predicting where these behaviors are leading, which comes, this is where human psychology comes into play, like when you, which is why everyone should study it and learn about this, because when you understand human psychology and behavior, and you can now look at behaviors and say, these behaviors lead to these outcomes, like that's just where they go, so if you start seeing those behaviors, you can intervene and say, hey, kid, let's do something different here. Let's get you out of this rut because this rut leads here. So paying attention is key to doing that.
1: Yep, absolutely. So are you are you paying attention? And what comes up? What excuses? <laughs> what reasons? I'm too what, busy. What I'm at work.
0: Saying? I'm not home all day. Yeah, I
1: have to work to provide my family. Well, okay, is your work providing well enough or is it taking too much time? Oh, well, it's just it's just this kind of work, okay? How long have you known this is a problem? Years? Why in the world are you still doing that work? Why have you not changed? Well, cuz it's hard. That's what I'm talking about. That's what this episode is all about. Doing what must be done. If you know you need to change careers, you better get after it. If you know you need to put up new boundaries with your boss or your situation or whatever, You better get after it. If you need to double or triple your income to for your kids to reach their potential, you better get after it. And like whatever whatever it is, again, I can't emphasize this enough. Do what must be done, and I have to say here, without sacrificing the other important things, you have to learn how to do what must be done without making massive sacrifices to your health or your spiritual well-being or your marriage. Or whatever else, mm-hmm. or You can't you can't just throw away everything else because you're doing what must be done. I'm doing what the Denning said, and I'm what <laughs> must be done over here, and everything else falls apart because you're doing what must be done. <laughs> no, this also includes doing what must be done for everything in, in a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. You've got to optimize your life, and if you need help, that's why we have our coaching programs exactly. to help people optimize. That's why I have the Be the Man Masterclass and Tribe. That's why I coach people. So you get holistic optimization to do what must be done. Ooh, I love this stuff.
0: You Also wanted to talk about food and then...
1: Well, so just go through every aspect of your life and see where there's major pain points. So if, if it's a health issue, like are, are you in fantastic health?
0: Well, no, because I have
1: this <laughs> disorder. Okay. Or no, I had children.
0: Or no, or, I no, have kids. Or no, I
1: have kids and a job. Or no, I'm too busy. Or
0: I'm too busy to work out, I'm too busy to eat well.
1: I don't you know, I don't do the cooking or I don't have time to shop. Or like we have we have all these excuses when you stop and say, "Well, okay, if you're going to do what must be done, well, it, it's really." And it's it's interesting like some of these things actually aren't that hard. It doesn't take more time to eat less food, right, <laughs> if you're an overeater. And and getting healthy food, and preparing healthy food and preparing unhealthy food isn't that much of a time difference. Now,
0: the reason why people disagree with that is because initially it can be more time. When you are making a switch, and this is true with everything we've talked about, when you're making the change, that There's a the demand. transition time can require more time because there's a learning curve there. Right. You're learning a new skill. But once you gain the skill of learning new skills, it actually gets easier to transition and make new, and learn new skills because you have the skill of doing that.
1: Ooh, which, thank you so much for bringing that up. That brings up one of the major obstacles, why people don't do what they must be mm-hmm. done. They say, I don't know how. Right. And, and that's exactly what you addressed right there. There is a learning curve.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: that's just an excuse, and it's a pathetic one, to say, well, I don't know how. Find out.
0: Because YouTube has every exactly. instructional video you would ever need exactly. <laughs> for doing anything you could ever think of.
1: And so you can buy books. You can listen to podcasts like you're doing right now. You can get coaching if you need to. You can, you can find the resources. They're yeah. out there. And you can get them. It's just you didn't want to or you didn't put in the work to do it. And, and again, I hear you saying, well, no, I want to. I really want to like, no, bogus. I'm going to call bogus on that because if you really wanted it, you would make the change. You would do it, must be done. And so I know this is like some hard straight talk right now, but please know this is coming from understanding, from my own journey, and from helping lots of people, and from a place of love. You don't really want it. If you're not changing, you don't really want it. And if you're not willing to do what it takes, it's because I'll be straight with you. You don't care enough.
0: Right, because when you get to that point when it really matters to you, and often people don't get that to that point until there's a major crisis. Maybe their health is on the line. Maybe they're completely broke. Maybe they're literally about to get divorced. That's usually when people start looking at these, like making these changes. Sometimes it's too late. Yeah. But if you get that same drive or intensity earlier, you can... Make the change. You have the power to do it, but you, you just, you're not motivated enough because you're not seeing, you don't have, like I talked about, you don't have the same understanding of human psychology to be able to look at what you're doing right now and saying, if I keep eating like this, that's leading to me being sick and having cancer or something. If I keep treating my spouse like this or my marriage like this, it's leading to divorce. If you can put yourself in that place Now, if you can forward think, you know, oh, this is where it's leading and feel that pain now, which is, this is what people like Tony Robbins and all, you know, anyone who studies psychology does this with you. They're like, imagine that pain now. Now you have the motivation to actually do something about changing this.
1: Because in a very real way, you you have to act like your life depends on it. And it does, does. but it's just long-term. It's it's spread out over the long game. So jump ahead and say, oh my goodness, this just Mm -hmm. destroys my quality of life or my life itself. Bring it back to today's decision. Exactly. So let's just play this out here. If I like junk food or candy... Or I eat too much or I get fast food all the time. Which you did
0: as a teenager. You loved. Oh, I,
1: totally did. I mint
0: chocolate chip ice cream oh, and well and every
1: other Mountain kind of candy and junk and garbage and
0: Kobo Dr. Krispies. Pepper
1: and I mean I just oh, I was a mess. And that all stopped before I met Rachel. Because I'm like, well, where am I going? What what is it I really want? And, and I got to this point, I'm like, well, I want to be in great shape. I want to be really fit and healthy, but I also want ice cream and soda. Well, guess what? Those don't go together. So which one am I going to sacrifice, my health or my taste bud for ice cream and soda? Well, I, I ditch those. Right. And I changed them, and I, I cut them out completely.
0: Well, and sorry, I just want to tell a story here, because this, I think this story represents doing what must be done, when we met and we were getting married, I remember we were registering for our wedding registry, you know, and we went to target that's where we were registered and and we were putting all the utensils and everything on the registry. You go around scanning everything, and I was like oh let's get this let's get this ice cream scooper and you're like, "No, we're not getting that." I was like, "Yes, honey, we need an ice cream scooper because I can't scoop the ice cream with just a spoon it." Bends the spoon and it just doesn't work. We need an ice cream scooper. And you're like, no, we don't. And suddenly it clicked, oh, we won't be eating ice cream. (laughs) Like it was like that. And suddenly it was the shift of this whole new way of life. If I was like, okay, you're right. And I was motivated, of course, because my dad at the time had cancer. And so we'd already been that talking had been about the
1: result of his poor diet.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We had already been talking about these things, but it was that thing that finally shifted it to like, oh yeah, we're not gonna be buying ice cream. So
1: I don't need an ice cream
0: scooper. So I don't need an ice cream scooper. So you have to change the way you think and change the way you do life and change the way you shop. Yep. If there's one thing that's been a contributing factor to our health, it's the way we shop. Yep. We read all the ingredients. We don't buy things that have certain ingredients like high fructose corn syrup or sugar, right? We're very strict on everything we buy, so it makes eating easy. We're not at home struggling on what to eat because everything we eat in the house, we pre-decided if we were going to eat it or not before we bought it.
1: Which is an important factor because if we're in a hurry... Right. Or we need to stop real quick and get only the essentials.
0: We know what those are. We're not <laughs>
1: running to the chips and soda aisles, guys, right. and then running out saying, I didn't have time, so I just grabbed the essentials. Exactly. Like, if we're going for only essentials, which this never happens. We're, we're directing our lives. We're very methodical we're not,
0: about shopping. We're not
1: like, ah, I only have 20 minutes. Let's run in and grab something really unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. If that were ever to happen, which it doesn't, we never would go happened. right to the produce section and grab, grab some, some fruit organic fruit and, and vegetables
0: that that would be our quick curry only essential yeah. shopping
1: and so yeah you make these fundamental changes you do what must be done to get the results you want and like like i want to get into this so I, i'm going to walk down this this path for a minute so i'm, I'm busy with work and so i start this is figurative. I'm I'm in great shape. but So <laughs> hypothetically, I'm busy, and so I'm eating more junk, and then I start to get a little chubby. And Rachel notices, and maybe she's nice and doesn't say anything, or maybe she jokingly says something. And so I start going, well, it starts to affect what I'm able to do. It starts to affect my attractiveness to my wife.
0: Even if it's subconscious.
1: Yep. It starts to um, play out in my own... Um, Confidence and self-image, it starts to affect that. Um, uh, Pretty quickly, that'll start to affect my sex drive, because when you—that's just science. That's not my opinion. It's science. It starts to on a
0: cellular level.
1: Yep. Well, it just starts to tank your libido and your sex drive, and then it's going to start affecting our sex life, and it it just on and on. Which then affects our marriage. And yep. And it's going to affect the other way people perceive me, like it or not. That's the way it is. People perceive you a certain way. So it's changing perception, and then now I got to get a new wardrobe because now I don't fit my other clothes, and so this starts going on and on and on, and it's having this massive effect, right? It has way more effect than we might consider, and so then then I've gotten to a point where it's even harder now. Like it, it would have been easier to maintain it, and now I got to get it back, again. Do what must be done. If you got to start doing regular three day fasts, you got to start hitting cardiovascular exercise hard five six seven days a week if you just got to you got to do whatever you got to do do it and and again that's why we want to emphasize it and i hope i hope this isn't i hope this doesn't make you feel guilty or bad i hope it's inspiring (laughs) and motivating (laughs) Uh, although we're just dropping the hammer here on you there's there's some make you there's some feel bad to this that actually can be good well, the pain, where there's pain there's power.
0: We we want to bring this up. Guilt is not the bad thing that everyone makes it out right. to be. Guilt is a tool yep. that's very useful. True. So if there is guilt, there's a reason for that. Yep. You have guilt because you know you're not doing what you want to hold yourself to. Yep. What you're that's why off. Guilt exists. It's your own standards...
1: Being violated. Being
0: violated. Now, sometimes we associate it with religious standards or other things like that, and that does have a place, but if you can learn to strip that away and get down to what your standards are, there will still be guilt when you don't live up to them. That's why guilt exists. It's like biological to help us pursue the best path in life. This is the path... That's going to help you survive optimally and have the best chance of happiness. And you're going to feel bad if you're not on that path. That's essentially what it is. So, yeah, we shouldn't feel bad when we have guilt or think it's wrong to have guilt or that we should avoid guilt at all costs. I don't think that's actually useful. We need to pay attention to the guilt and say, okay, why am I feeling this guilt? use it for our
1: betterment. Exactly. Do what must be done. Right. So in, in this case, or any case you can think of, just scan through your whole life. If, if there's a pain spot, if there's a problem that's preventing you from, even if it's not really painful or it's not causing problems, but it's at least limiting you, it's, it's holding you back, it's a factor that's preventing you from being your best and living where you're capable of, get really honest with yourself and set some higher standards and some hard lines of doing what must be done guarantee you if if there was like a health issue for example man i would just cut out every crap and i would never touch it again for the rest of my life and i've already done that actually So I stay healthy fit <laughs> and i did that you guys i was consuming that stuff like crazy and then i said no never again done i don't drink soda and i don't eat just normal ice cream right <laughs> it's just-
0: meaning we do eat ice cream now but it's
1: It's keto ice cream cream, or
0: homemade ice cream.
1: Or I'll have some super dark gelato in Europe.
0: Oh, yes. That too.
1: (laughs) Okay, so maybe you're like, you're such a hypocrite for gelato. Um,
0: (laughs) You're an admitted hypocrite for gelato?
1: There it is, I guess. Is gelato as bad as ice cream? So maybe everything I've just said is just full of it. That's it. (laughs) Throw it away. Throw it out. Delete. But do... Do well, what you have no, to do. Here's, here's an Let's example. address
0: that for a second because okay. I think this is important. And it also brings up the fact that there are phases. When you're going through a do what must be done phase, they're, like, it's hard line. Right? Because you're establishing, you're getting out of a rut and into a new habit. Okay. So you have to be Extremely strict in that case. But I would say that once you have established positive habits.
1: And you're a new person. And
0: you're a different person. Now, something like you, your chocolate gelato, it's an exception to the rule, if that makes sense. Right. You're not eating crap every single day. You're not having ice cream every meal. You know what I'm saying? Gelato becomes a treat that's the exception to your everyday life, as opposed to if you're switching your habits, if you're changing your eating habits because they're unhealthy, you're just giving yourself an excuse, if that makes sense. One becomes a, you could say, reward or whatever. It's it's a treat on occasion, where the other is this is your normal way of being. That makes a difference. So it is important to recognize that it's not like if you choose a healthy lifestyle, you'll never, ever eat X, Y, Z again for the rest of your life. But if you do eat it, it's going to be rare. Right. Because you've established healthy eating habits.
1: And so you set, well, you set a standard and, uh, well, I guess that's another part of this invitation is go through your life and set standards and then set up systems to support the standards and hold your standards
0: systems to support the standard we don't buy chocolate gelato we don't have chocolate gelato at our house we get chocolate gelato when we go traveling in europe and it's a treat and about a
1: scoop or scoop and a half is about all i can yeah exactly okay that's (laughs) wow plus it's expensive so that's that's a good thing um
0: but there's a certain amount of effort that's required to establish new habits. And that's why it's important to be stricter about whether it's eating or exercising or even just new marriage habits or new parenting. Like all of these things. It's, you have to be stricter about it. And this is where people can often get hung up is because they think something like that. Well, it's not a big deal if I eat gelato. Okay, you're right. It's not. Unless it becomes the norm.
1: Or unless you're already unhealthy. Unless you're
0: already unhealthy. You've got to get back to the it's standard. Right. It's right. It's less of an issue for someone who's healthy because they have the habits that support that and the systems to support that than it is for someone who's unhealthy. Same with your marriage. It's less of an issue to have a little spat about something when the marriage is strong than if the marriage is off course. Yep parenting all of those things so it's a good kind of example of establishing the habits requires more fortitude than once they're in place and now these things are not as big of a deal because the strength of the relationship or the
1: the way of being the way either. of being yeah. is
0: stronger yep yeah
1: so I guess to wrap up I want to just emphasize this need for discipline and grit. And, I don't know, what is it, resolve? Fortitude. Fortitude to to set a standard, do what must be done, and stick to it. And
0: make the changes.
1: Because I I have conversations a lot where I'm like, hey, look, this is what you need to do to, to grow your business. Oh, man, I do not like doing that. Like, well. That's
0: what has to be done.
1: I don't care whether you like it or not. And I want you to say to yourself, I don't care whether I like it or not. It has to be done. So do it.
0: Right. This is what needs to be done to improve your marriage. Well, I don't want to have that fight or that argument or that discussion or that
1: talk. Or, to, or to change all of me and this thing I've been doing for so long. I, I'd rather not. I'd rather just kind of sit here and enjoy myself.
0: I don't care. Yeah. What do you really want? Yeah.
1: Exactly. So dig deep. Get whatever tools and resources, accountability... My, if, you, if you need a certain book you read from every day, if you need to rewrite your goals every day, if you need to create a vision board, if you need to um, hire a coach, if you need to put some serious consequences on the line, like you figure out whatever you need to do to, to make this shift, like to do what must be done. And if you'll make that commitment, whether it's with your marriage or your money, or if it's with your health or your parenting, just resolve right now that you will do what must be done well, now. Starting now. Sooner than later. right? Don't wait. Stop procrastinating. That's another big excuse. People are like, well, I'll get to it. I'm, go- I'm going to do that. I will do that. And it's like, well, yeah, out, 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 out. And there's always some excuse. Like, get after it. Do what must be done. And and the, reason, the the whole reason we did this entire episode, we've just been railing there. <laughs> Is because of what's on the other side. The reward for this, mm-hmm. the reward in life of doing what must be done to get to a next level of, of quality is, you guys, it's just...
0: It's worth it. Oh, it's, it's
1: happiness. <laughs> it's bliss. It's inner peace. It's outer peace. It's love and romance and passion and, and, and influence and, and impact. And-
0: um, I just... I just think of the relationships we have with our kids. I yeah. mean, it's just so enjoyable and
1: absolute trust. We can send our kids who are 15 and 16 off like across the country and go work. Well, like
0: our 15 and 16 year old went to house sit by themselves. Oh yeah, for 10 days. Yeah, totally in charge, taking care of animals, the whole house, everything. We just sent them off by themselves
1: because there's total trust Because and they're
0: responsible and there's
1: that. there's no fighting among our older kids. None. The little ones still squabble over <laughs> toys and stuff and we okay, okay. But like that's just little little kids squabbles, yeah, right? They're learning. No... But there's no fighting and there's no like there's no big issues or nothing. And we're not we're not boasting or bragging here, but we're just saying this stuff works. When you're willing to do what it takes, then you get these rewards mm-hmm. that most people can't. Right? But
0: we we had to do the work. We had to put in the effort. And, well, yeah, I was going to say this before, but I just want to emphasize, we know that it's not easy and it's not always going to be comfortable for those around you, too. People are sometimes not going to like you for doing those things. They're not going to like you for making these hard choices that might be extended family, that might be friends, that might be your boss. It's not always easy, but when you have this vision that you're pursuing of what's possible and what you can create, it's going to be worth it, even if other people don't understand. So true.
1: One of the guys in in my master class just decided he was done drinking. He's like, this isn't adding value to my life. I'm done. And he stopped drinking. And and his friends and his family members, sort of, whoa, whoa. I mean, they put up a big old stink. And, and he was quite concerned about it. He was nervous about it. I was like, man, I'm going to hang out with my buddies. They drink like crazy. I'm not drinking anymore. Like, oh. and, and we walked through this scenario. And he went, he's like, it was fantastic. I just, it was great. I stood my ground. Everything was good. They respected it. And we, it, was, it was great, right? He's mm-hmm. keeping this commitment of like, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. And you're right, there, there's going to be some stink around it sometimes. And, and things might be off or weird or different because you're going to be different.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: roll with it. It'll be so worth it as you become the best version of yourself. Love you guys. Reach out for